What is grace? Grace is community. Grace is passion. Grace is for everyone. Today we continue our series on the Bible, looking at what the Bible is and how God speaks to us through it. Uh, Last week we looked at the woes or curses from Jesus, who was really harsh on the religious leaders. He said when these religious types went and made a convert, in the end they made them twice as bad as they were. Jesus said, follow their instructions when it comes to the law, but don't do what they are doing. They are hypocrites. What it came down to as they heard God's word was they failed to properly weigh what was most important. Rules are good. Following social norms are good. But when they come up against loving God and loving our neighbor, love has got to have a a, a higher weight, more weight to it. That's the first step in interpreting the Bible and making sure what we are hearing really is from God. Now we look at something a little more technical as we consider what the Bible is. There's a lot to think about. Where did the Bible come from? How do we know we can trust what we read there? It comes down to something we call the inspiration of the Bible. So let's take a look at it. We start with a passage in 2 Peter. Noel is going to read that for us. The book might be written by Peter, but is more likely by an assistant It may even be written in Peter's final days as a testament or final instructions left by this important leader in the church. In this section, Peter is saying how he was an eyewitness of Jesus Christ glorified on the Mount of Transfiguration. His testimony offers us something important. It helps us know when the Holy Spirit of God has spoken. Let's hear our scripture for today from 2 Peter Chapter 1, verses 16 through 21. Hear now the word of the Lord. For we did not follow, follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice come from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. So we have the prophetic message more fully confirmed. You will do well to be attentive to this as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. First of all, you must understand this, that no prophecy of scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by human will, but men and women moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. And from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 28 through 31, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. 
Lord, make us an inclusive community passionately following Jesus Christ. Help us better understand your word that it may penetrate our hearts, speak to us even when we don't want to listen, and move us to do a good work in every part of our lives. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Inspiration can come from all over. Uh, Being so close to New York, I think particularly of the inspired performances that happen every day in, uh, a day out on on Broadway. I'm not exactly a Broadway musical expert. Uh, In fact, I could not sing even one tune from a famous show, and you probably wouldn't want me to anyways. But what I can do is judge a good show. I can see the layers and the the deeper meaning worked into a Broadway performance, and I appreciate it. I feel it in the heart, and it stays with me wherever I go. I think of some of the greatest shows on Broadway, Les Mis, which we uh, used as part of a sermon series a couple of years ago during Lent. Each week, we had someone in the church perform one of the songs as we looked at major characters. I Dreamed a Dream by Alexa is still one of our most popular videos on our YouTube page, and it's beautiful and heartfelt. It was a stunning performance. There's other famous Broadway plays like Fiddler on the Roof and The Sound of Music, probably my top two all-time favorite musicals. More recently, there is Hamilton, which saved Alexander Hamilton from being removed from the $10 bill. Uh, Former President Barack Obama once said about Hamilton that loving it was the only thing he and Dick Cheney had in common, which I find hilarious. Yet as moving as these performances can be, others can be downright useless. Some can even be offensive. There is a marked difference between a great, inspiring performance and something that leaves you wishing that you had never left your home. When you go to see a performance, which one are you going to get? How do you know if it's going to be a good one that inspires or garbage? Just yesterday, we took the family into the city to see an off-Broadway performance called Dog Man. Uh, The original children's books are funny, and the TV show is also funny. So is the musical. But if ever there was a musical that had no point, this was it. It's every bit as ridiculous as the title implies. There was no greater meaning, no deeper story pointing to a truth about humanity or to God. And maybe that's just a little bit of what we wrestle with when it comes to the scriptures. Sometimes these scriptures don't seem to point us towards something that is grand and beautiful. Sometimes they just are. It's just a story, and that seems to be the end. Sometimes we open up the Bible and read it, and and we walk away saying, what the heck was that? It might feel like the scriptures were a bad performance and weren't particularly inspired. I hear plenty of people say, oh, just open up the Bible and point to a page. Whatever you point to is what God wants you to read today. And I guess that's fine, But I do feel bad for the person who lands on 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Do you want me to tell you what's there? What is it? Okay. All right. That's where some children mock the prophet Elisha saying, Go on up, you bald head, which probably doesn't seem like that bad of an insult to us today. 
Well, Elisha cursed the boys, and then they got mauled by bears. That's a tough story to try and understand. It seems to raise far more questions than answers. How is killing children in line with God's holy action in the world? Now, compare that to what my dad says about reading the Bible. If you don't know what to read, if you don't know where to start, read the Gospel of John. I know he always says this because his life was so impacted when he read this gospel. He saw for the first time that Jesus was divine, that he performed incredible miracles, and that his death and resurrection directly impacted his own life. It's a lot easier to see and understand the scriptures through the stories of Jesus. But even then, there are challenges. We saw some of those in our Lenten study this week on the stories that Jesus told. For some, you are convinced that everything in the Bible has deep, incredible meaning for you, and you trust it implicitly, even if you don't understand it. But for others, you may be skeptical. Why are there these huge questions when it comes to the Bible? How can the Bible say things and make no sense? Why can it say things that seem counter to everything you know about God's love? You might even think the Bible is simply inconsistent, and because of that, you can't trust it. How can we move forward on how to, love, uh, how to live our lives and love others to the glory of God when the book we read about God seems not to be trustworthy? Well, in 2 Peter, we hear something of an answer to this about inspiration that transforms. Actually, Peter says it wasn't just a transformation that he witnessed, it was a transfiguration that changed everything. We are going to explore this more when we look at the Gospel of Mark for Easter, but Peter says he saw for himself Jesus transfigured, which means changed outwardly or exalted. So essentially, he saw Jesus looking just like an ordinary man, to suddenly, clearly divine. What Peter saw is supposed to remind us of what happened to Moses on Mount Sinai in the Old Testament. He went up the mountain where there was thunder and lightning. In fact, it was so bad, and he was up there for so long, that people thought that Moses had actually died. But 40 days later, Moses comes down and has the Ten Commandments with him. By the end of the story, he is considered the greatest leader Israel ever had and the lawgiver. Now, when Peter sees Jesus transfigured, he has to rethink everything. Who is greater, Moses, the lawgiver, or Jesus? And the funny thing to think about is that when Peter is writing about this, there is no New Testament. There are no books to refer to that, that talk about Jesus. They only have the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament, and their eyewitness account of Jesus. That's it. And Peter is weighing these two things his version of the Bible at his time, and this direct experience with Jesus. And he says, look how all these prophecies, these things in the past, were all pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of everything we hoped for. Once you see this, you can't unsee it. 
So Peter is saying his direct encounter with Jesus at the transfiguration, up at the top of that mountain, fulfilled the ancient prophecies spoken by the Holy Spirit of God. These prophecies came from God through Moses to the people and are fulfilled by Jesus. But what is more important, the prophecy or the one who fulfills the prophecy? Peter is saying clearly the one who fulfills the prophecy is the key. There's a joke about a businessman who is circling the block to find a parking spot for an important meeting. He can't find one, and he gets so desperate, he prays to God, Lord, if you find me a parking spot, I'll go to church every Sunday, and I'll give up drinking. Miraculously, a spot appears, and he looks back up to heaven, and he says, never mind, I found one. That's how we can be sometimes with Jesus. We are so busy lifting up our own way of living or justifying ourselves by the prophecies and the words of the Bible that we ignore what the whole point is. It's Jesus. The point is Jesus. Perhaps we could say it this way. I personally have found in the Bible a profoundly inspiring message. Nothing else in my life compares to it. People around the world have found the Bible to be helpful to them too. It has helped them grow spiritually and far outstrips all other kinds of inspiration they might experience, like a, a musical or a movie. But the role of the Bible is like those prophecies. It points the way forward to Jesus. The entire point of the Bible is to reveal Jesus as the Son of God. We need the Bible to reveal who Jesus is, but we can also read the Bible in a way that pulls us away from Jesus. Maybe that struck you in a strange way, and it should. Some of you may have missed last week where we talked about interpreting the Bible through the most important command, which is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we read the Bible and interpret it to mean something other than God's love and loving others, then we are at fault. We have misunderstood the message. We need to go back to the drawing board and try again. That's why Peter says in verse 19, we need to be attentive until the morning star rises in your hearts. He is saying there is a new dawn a new day, a new era begins when we see that the prophecies and all of Scripture is pointing ahead to Jesus. Oftentimes, when I am preparing to write a sermon, I am reading and studying, I regularly come across these ideas and thoughts in Scripture that are so stunning, so beautiful, that I feel myself lifted up out of myself, pulled to be a better version of myself than I thought possible. Now, that doesn't even quite capture it right, but I find myself connected to God in these moments, loved by God, and it makes me love the people around me and love the world more. I will often stop in the middle of studying the scriptures and writing a sermon to text my wife about how much I love her. I just can't help myself. God's love for me and you, and all of us, simply makes the world a better place. And that's what the inspiration of the scriptures means. It makes 
It means an inspiration that doesn't just make you float on air from a good performance or a powerful speech. It literally connects you to God. And nothing is more powerful than that. Nothing changes the world like a connection with the divine. In this Lenten season, we are practicing spiritual disciplines. We are holding back from eating certain things or doing certain things. We're adding better, healthier routines like Bible study and prayer, not because they are an end in themselves. No, we do all these things so that we can more readily connect with the living God. There are many things we can do to connect with God, and I will admit a good musical very well may do that. But I submit that the best way to connect with Jesus is to read the scriptures. Do everything in your power to understand Jesus as well as you can so that your life might reflect him in every way possible. John Wesley, who founded the Methodist Church, says it this way, This is the way to understand the things of God. Meditate on the scriptures day and night. Then the mind of Christ will become your mind. You will be outwardly holy as he that has called you is holy. He goes on with some specific instructions. If you really desire to effectively read the scriptures, set aside time every day. Read seeking to know the will of God for your life. Pray earnestly for the Spirit. And finally, when you read, examine yourself. Where have you fallen short? How can you immediately implement change in your life? This is how scripture moves from something that can sometimes inspire, sometimes feel good, like a a good performance, into the powerful, transformative word of God, the same power that transfigured Jesus on a mountain that Peter witnessed. Let's end with this. Amanda Lamont's mother died from bone cancer 23 years ago when she was very young. She still has the stuffed animal bunny her mother gave her one Easter, but little else. After she died, Amanda was shipped all over the country from Washington to Texas to Louisiana, in and out of the foster care system. Amanda says she felt lost through it all until the right words found her. The executor of her mother's estate recently came across boxes that belonged to Amanda's mother. Inside were letters, photos, and mementos from her childhood. On a Saturday, a package arrived at her door with those items inside. She said, these are glimpses into my past that I've sorely longed for, for over two decades now. Inside were messages of love and hope and inspiration. She said it had a bit of boy advice for her too. She read this out loud, Dear Amanda, you know I really miss you and not being able to get up with you every day. Try to keep smiling and be brave. Amanda says it's a connection to her mother that she never thought she'd have again. And the same is true of the scriptures. They are the love letter to us that grows a connection between us and God. It's words of hope and inspiration that will find find you when you feel lost. 
If you've never seriously studied the scriptures, you may not even know such a connection is possible. Don't be lost like Amanda for any longer than you have to. Take the time to read the scriptures every day to know God's will. Pray while you do it so you can examine yourself and make changes for the better. These are the steps that generations of believers affirm. The scriptures inspire us like nothing else can because they point us firmly and clearly toward Jesus the Christ. Amen? Amen. For everything happening at Grace, check out our website at gumc.org.